Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, I'm Matt, and welcome to the Matt McQuinley Show, where we talk about making the world a better place by tackling such issues as business, politics, cultural trends, history, religion, and more. Well, we're smart enough to know that we don't know at all, but where we do hope to come up with some answers together. If you're looking for a closed-minded show where we accept the status quo or it's our way or the highway, you're in the wrong place. This is a Don Quixote show where we tilt at windmills and dream the impossible dreams and focus on making the world a better place. Today we are starting a series on leadership because I personally believe that we have a worldwide crisis of leadership. In the last century, we had the colossal leaders like Churchill, Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt, De Gaulle, Indira and Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., John F. Kennedy, Mother Teresa, Heller Keller and Margaret Thatcher. Love them or hate them, agree with them or not, these giants and giantesses strode across our mental landscapes and stirred something in each of us. They struck a chord with us and inspired us to do more, believe more, have hope, and be our best selves. Today we want to talk about what we can do in our lives to reflect the fire in our own hearts to those around us and hopefully together improve the world. Be you a teacher or a student, business owner or employee, coach or player, manager or just someone who interacts with other people. We hope today to help you make the world a better place by having this discussion on leadership. My leadership experience started all the way back in Boy Scouts. Then I was captain of some athletic teams, coaches of some athletic teams, obviously had some leadership roles in military university, and then as a branch, district, division, and national sales manager. Then I owned my own business. We have in our studio today Gwen Meyer with 25 years experience as a business coach, change facilitator, and leadership trainer. Although I've read at least a dozen books on leaderships myself, I'm gonna be coming at it from a more practical layman's point of view. Gwen, who also has real life experience, will probably come at it from a more corporate polished angle. And we'll use all the cool new buzzwords and we'll discuss the new cutting edge research today in leadership. Between the two of us, we believe you will come away with some information that can help you reach the potential inside you to be a great leader in many walks of life, be it parenting, work, community, or beyond. I wanna start off the conversation today talking about what I feel one of the biggest keys to effective leadership is, which is sorely lacking today. And that is checking one's ego. I used to teach my salespeople that your success in sales is directly proportionate to the size of your ego. It's almost the exact opposite when you're a leader. Whether or not you believe in Christianity or not, I'm gonna use this example because we will agree that Jesus of Nazareth was a great leader and inspired people 2,000 years beyond his death. He talked about that the last must be first and the first must be last. And that's the case with leadership. You are a servant if you are a leader. You are not there merely so your minions beneath you can throw 
accolades upon you and bestow awards and talk about how great you are and stroke your ego. You are there to help other people. A leader is someone who is supposed to help others get the result they want. Joining us now is Gwen Meyer. Gwen, you're a leadership trainer. What's your feedback on that? I absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly, Matt. And that was a great entree into something that I'm also really passionate about. And um, you talked about ego. You talked about to be a good leader, you need to be caring about other people. And, you know, what is leadership for a start? Um, leaders, I know leaders that don't have followers. They're there because of rank and be there because of title. And I also know people that lead. And you don't need to have a title to lead. All you need is to be able to take care of the person to the right of you and the person to the left of you and be inspiring to others, to empower others. And I, in my experience in um, working with multiple different teams and environments, over the last number of years, I've worked with those that are leaders that are only there through rank and title and have not been totally effective. And I've worked with leaders or people that have led that can make magic happen. Mm. And uh, you're quite right. It's about empowering the people that are within your team that are around you. And we all, we are both parents. Mm. And I think if you're a parent, you can lead. Mm. Uh, because effectively what we do is we put our egos aside mm. and we really embrace um, and empower the, our children. We give them all the tools and the materials that they need to be the best version of themselves. Mm. We make sure that they are, they have the resources and the tools to win. And as a leader, that's exactly what we need to do. I think that's so true. And I mean, my goal with my son is to make him better at everything than me. I mean, that's what you want. And that, I think that's what we're missing today. Too many leaders are intimidated by the people below them and feel like they need to keep them down. Your job is to drag them up. Yeah, and I heard years and years ago, uh, I believe it was Zig Ziglar said, actually, I'd have to say it with a Zig Ziglar accent. I don't know if I could pull it off, but I'll try. You get what you want in life by helping enough other people get what they want. <laughs> Hello, this is Zig Ziglar. I don't know if I pulled that yes. off or not. Was it good or it's not? It's about, absolutely. Okay. It's about, you know, um, opening doors for others. And when you open doors for others, people will open doors for you. Mm, absolutely. And I want to talk about something I heard years and years ago, and it sounds a little cheesy and maybe it's a little bit too uh, lovey-dovey, but I, I heard years and years ago, nobody cares how much you know unless they know how much you care. And I think that's one of the tenets of basic leadership. If, they, if your troops, if you're in the military, if your workers, if you're in the workplace, if your family, if it's a family situation, know that you have their best interests at heart and you're genuinely interested in them and their success. They want to follow you. They want to listen. Absolutely, Matt. I totally agree with you. And in, in fact, a, a leader's responsibility, responsibility is um, for the people within their care to give them the tools and the resources and everything that they need to be the best that they can be. They need to feel supported. 
they need to feel like you have their back. Mm. And as a leader, um, it's our responsibility to make sure that they feel empowered, they have the right training, they have the right skills, um, they feel like you are there for them, which is exactly the same as the parent. And courage, courage is built not from something intrinsically that comes up. It's built from having the support of people that care about you and actually in, um, empower you to, to win, to actually be successful. Mm. So it's the people, it's the leader, it's your, if we're parents, it's us as parents that need to give the confidence to those in our care. Mm. On that high note, we're going to take a quick break here for, and hear from our sponsors. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Dalia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find a large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Welcome back. In our last session, we talked with Gwen a little bit about leaders need to have their people's backs. And that reminds me of a story that I read long, long ago about George Patton. He was a famous general in World War II. You may or may not have heard of him, but he has the distinction of being the general who can't conquered or liberated, because we're American, we only liberate people, we don't conquer them, uh, the most territory in history. And there's a story about he was forced upon him a certain general to be in his organization, and he did not want this guy. Absolutely fought tooth and nail to keep this guy from being put in his command. He lost. 
Later on, this other general made a huge mistake, just got creamed in battle by the Germans. There were huge losses, and it was just a fiasco. Eisenhower, who was the command, uh, uh, Supreme Com- Allied Commander in World War II, wanted to remove the fella, and George Patton leapt to his defense. And Eisenhower said, and I'm paraphrasing, George, what are you doing? You didn't even want this guy on your staff. Why are you fighting so hard to keep him? And George said, well, before he was on my staff, he wasn't my guy. And I do think that's the attitude that we need to have with people. They are our people. It is our responsibility as stewards to lead them in the best way and support them until they are no longer in our organization. What do you think about that, Gwen? Um, I think that's quite valid. Um, Specifically, I'm just coming from the context of a corporate environment. For a a team to feel psychologically safe, to speak up, to be authentic, to actually um, experiment, to explore, they need to know that if they make mistakes, if they fail, if they experiment, their leader will have their back. Mm. What that does is it goes to enabling much more creativity and resourcefulness of the team because they know that in order to become better, in order to improve, they need to try different things. Mm. And that might mean mean failure. Mm. It might mean making a mistake. Mm. And having that safety to know that no matter what, their leader has their back Mm. and they can then bring themselves up and start again. And that goes to uh, resilience. That reminds me of another story. Yes. (laughs) Sorry uh, if I'm telling too many, but the the point you made about making, I think that's very key. Uh, As a leader, you need to build into your organization the fact that failure is not fatal. It reminds me of a story that I read once about Jack Welch, who was the chairman of GE, which at the time was the largest company in the world, largest and most profitable company in the world. And he had a division manager who was one of his darlings. This guy, he was grooming him and grooming him, and he put him in charge of this brand new project, which was supposed to bring in tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars into GE. And it flopped. They had to close the division down. And the division manager came into his office with his resignation letter. And Jack Welsh read this resignation letter, said, well, what have you got to say for yourself? And the guy said, well, I'm sorry. I let down the team. I, I screwed this up and, you know, I need to resign and blah, 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 blah. And Jack Welsh looked at him and said, you are not allowed or authorized to resign. I just spent tens of millions of dollars educating you. And, uh, you know, obviously, do you think he got good work from that guy later? No. <laughs> he got really good work from him later on because, I mean, if you go to bat for somebody like that, you're, they're yours for life. Absolutely. Mm. And, and, and this goes to actually an example that I have of my own experience in a team. I've worked in multiple different teams across various industries over the years, some really high-performing teams and some not so high-performing and in all of the high-performing teams, the, it was due to the success and the uh, ability of the leader. Mm. And I had a situation where I was asked to step up at the last minute to actually 
pr- present something to a steering committee. My immediate boss was away at the time, and so her boss um, asked me to actually fill her role. And literally, I had an hour's grace in order to prepare this presentation and put it forward to the committee. And um, I had never done this before. And I asked, I went to my immediate boss and asked for some assistance. I said, very happy to present. Could you please just give me the template and give me the structure of how I need to present this? And he looked me fully in the eye and said, no. Um, And how do you think that made me feel? Um, And actually what was my saving grace was there was another manager um, at next to me he heard this whole conversation and came to my came to my aid he said to me Gwen don't worry I've done this before let me just I have a uh, an appointment right now which I'm going to I'm going to break for you Um, I'll push that forward go and organize a room and we will sit together and I'll help you do this and that man um, to this day I will never forget Mm. because not only did he recognize um, he came to my rescue. Mm. Um, he supported me. He mm. wasn't even part of my team. Mm. But do you think I had any kind of loyalty after that no, to that not. boss? But you no. had loyalty to him. I had loyalty to him. Of course. Yeah. Of course you did. And I, I, I just want to say that that brings me to another point. I think that in leadership, one of the things that is super key is to not be a hypocrite. You don't put people, it's just like your mama told you, just like you learned in kindergarten. You treat other people the way you want to be treated and you act the way that you want other people to act. So you would never, ever want somebody to put you in that situation. So you don't put your staff in that situation. And just in my own life, when I was in military university, if there was a, a instructor or uh, an upperclassman who would give me, would be railing on me, or tearing into me and his uniform didn't look better than me if he couldn't do more push-ups than me he couldn't run faster than me you know he he didn't have as good a grades as i had i you know i would pretend i respect i, I would you i give lip service to the rank but i didn't respect him i wouldn't follow him i would follow all his orders grudgingly yeah. Yeah, he didn't get the work from me they could have so i i think that's super key and and that's something that we are seeing now in the corporate world do as i say not as I do, and with our politicians, do as I follow the COVID, you know, guidelines. And but I'm going to go out to dinner. Exactly. You know, so it's follow about- the COVID li- mm-hmm. guidelines. But we're I'm having everybody over to my house for Christmas. You know, that that kind of thing. That's, that stuff does not fly. You have to, you know, set the example. Yeah, model the model the behavior, and it's about congruency. You know, um, people will follow you if they can see that you're congruent with your values and you do as you say you're gonna do. Mm. And it's um, it's goes down to moral values and you know relationship skills and behaviors that are constructive mm. rather than destructive. Mm. Well, I, I do wanna go back to one quick point I made before about uh, with the Jack Welsh story of spending millions of dollars educating you. I'm not proposing, you know, keeping staff that aren't up to the job or putting people in a position when they're not up to the job. But let's face it, all of us fail. And, you know, if you look at the, all of these millionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires, almost all of them went through the hoop two or three times before they hit it big. I mean, you can make lists upon lists 
about uh, people who have failed and came back. For example, Steve Jobs getting fired because he had, uh, and the the head of uh, Oracle got fired. You know, so I mean, we could go on and on on that, but. It's now time again to uh, take a quick break to hear from our sponsors to keep the lights on. So we'll be back soon. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite. Marble. Caesar Stone. Unique Stone. Granito. Marmo. Caesar Stone. Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate. Your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts. Plus, report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno. Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome back. We're here with Gwen Myers, business consultant, change facilitator, and all around individual extraordinaire. In our last session, we talked a little bit about uh, checking your ego, the importance of that in leadership. Uh, having having your staff's back, making them feel like they've got the support, and giving them the tools they need to succeed. What I'd like to talk about now briefly in the time we have is the importance of a leader to under uh, in understanding people. I think all effective leaders need to be a little bit of a amateur psychologist. They I would to, say a sociologist too, a psychologist, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. philosopher, yeah. Um, a, a, a teacher, a referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to it. There's no doubt about that, Gwen. But I, one of the strengths that I've had is I've been, I've been able to work with literally thousands of people from all age groups, all, all walks of life, you know, all backgrounds, all uh, ethnicities. So I, I'm, I'm able to build rapport and usually understand where all different kinds of people are coming from. And I think that's been really key to uh, modest success that I've had. 
and and I think it's very important to to get to know each individual in your team, if possible, and figure out what makes them tick. And if you spend a long enough with the, with them and ask the right questions, they will tell you how they want to be motivated and how they have have to be motivated and what will demotivate them as well. And it's it's um, about you know a number of a, a lot of leaders. Um, or people that are promoted into leadership positions get there because they're good at their jobs. Mm. And then they don't know, they don't have the leadership skills in order to actually lead. And a lot of them become micromanagers. And um, that often is the death of high-performing um, team members mm. um, because most people want to be given the responsibility, the autonomy to be able to work through how they need to do their jobs. Mm. And it might be in a different way to the way that the leader would do it. Mm. But if you get to the same outcome, then really it does it matter. No. And sometimes it's in a, in a better way, in a quicker way. I've always told my staff, I don't care how you do it, as long as you don't get me in trouble with the law. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> or, or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, and it know. is about understanding that everybody has a different personality. We have really all of us, there's, and there's something that, we, that we, they call a DISC profile, which identifies the dominant personality of certain people in a team. And as a leader, we need to change our style of interacting with the different personalities. Mm. And the DISC profile, for those that don't know, just very quickly, um, you've got four key uh, personalities normally, which is the dominant. Okay, that's the leader, the one that's driven, that's got to get it done, got to get it done right now, 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 all about time scales and all about action. And then you've got the influencer and the influencer in a team talks a lot. They're the ones that inspire. They will be the change proponents. And they are the ones that get people motivated. And then you've got the, the supportive one, the substeady. They're the ones that want to get along. They're usually the volunteers. And they're the ones that just want everybody to get along. Okay. But they like to be, they like to be led. They don't like to always lead. And then you've got on the other side, the C's, which are the conscientious um, and the per people that are absolutely, they've got to get it right. They're the ones that are the calculators. They analyze. They are the business analysts. They're the ones that take hours pouring through research and, and giving you the information and the data that you need. But often they'll drive the the, the leader crazy because they miss deadlines and because they've got to be perfect. Mm. So all of these personalities, Matt, are important in a team, mm. but the leader has to understand each mm. of them in order to bring out the best in them. And be able to put them in the right position. Positions, absolutely. Because you know, obviously in one position that one of those personality types might excel beyond all expectations, and in another position, not so much. Absolutely, yeah. and it's about bringing out the strengths in mm. each of them because they will have different strengths. And, um, and also they are driven by different requirements and they have um, the different Achilles heels. Mm. And as a leader, we need to understand people. We need mm. to understand behavior. And we also need to accept diversity mm. because it's actually great to have 
people from different backgrounds, cultures, um, experiences, because then you are able to then engender more creativity, more resourcefulness, come up with more ideas, brainstorm. But it's up to the leader to be able to bring that out uh, in a high-performing team. Mm. So it's really important that the leader allows, identifies those that need coaching, that need more confidence building, and others that need to be allowed to do what they want to do in the way that they want to do it. So it's about trust, isn't it? In gender, actually um, handing out trust, engendering trust, mm. actually giving trust, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, that's why uh, what I'm hearing, if I, if I paraphrase, is a little bit like my, what Michelangelo said. Uh, and then uh, when Michelangelo, I think he was talking about David, but it could have been talking about another one of his sculptures. But they, they, somebody, and I'm paraphrasing, said, Michelangelo, how did you create this beautiful work of art? And Michelangelo responded, the beautiful work of art was always there. All I did was brush away the pieces of marble that were in the way, obscuring it. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the attitude we need to have with people. I mean, the, the, these great results are in each person, but we need to brush away the parts that you know may or may not be helping them and put them in the right position, the right angles to be viewed and to allow them to do the job and reach their potential. Yeah, and it's about, it's the same as when you're a parent looking at your child, showing them options that they can't see themselves and potentially bringing out in them that insight into what can make them better mm. and make them reach their potential. One of the things I want to quick talk about that I noticed here in Australia, and, and you know, you can forgive forgive me if I offend anyone, but one of the tenets of leadership that I think is still important that's fallen by the wayside is not to get too close to your people. You want to be you you want them to feel like you care. You, you they want you want them to know that you have their best interests at heart, but you you're not their buddy. You're not their drinking buddy. You know, you, you can't do that. I, I, I see all these business owners that think that that's what they should be doing. And it's just like when you're a father, you're not your son's drinking buddy. Okay. No. You're, you, you need to keep a distance, uh, a professional distance uh, from, the, from them to help them uh, reach their potential. If uh, my staff never saw, I remember one of my staff members ran into me once in the gym. And they didn't even recognize me. They were just shocked. They can't I mean, because they'd never seen me without a tie. <laughs> yes. Okay. Same thing in the service. You know, I, I never let anybody see me out of proper uniform. It, it's so important because they need to. You need to set the example, and they need to look up to you in some in some way, and not to make yourself, you know, this guru upon the mountain or whatever. But you need. They need you need to keep their respect if you want to help them. Yes, and keep them accountable because mm. at the end of the day, they're there to perform okay. um, to their highest potential. Absolutely. And um, so it's about treating ev all of your team the same, not showing favoritism, which can cause problems and conflict because there will be conflicts in a team. 
and it's about how best to have those difficult conversations, how to manage the conflicts within and how to engender um, that sense of absolute synergy, trust, energy, so that your team will perform to their highest potential. We're going to pick it up there with, with synergy and conflict revolution after these messages from our sponsors. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with a Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome back. In our last session, Gwen, we just finished talking about uh, the importance of synergy and conflict resolution yeah, and the skills required yeah. you know, as a leader to, to uh, navigate those. Can you expand on, on the points yeah, you're making, absolutely. please? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the other key things um, in... in being a good leader and a great leader is being able to have a team that are fully trusting. Mm. Not only do you have to model the behavior that makes you trustworthy as a leader, but you need to actually extend trust to all of your team members. And trust is something that is built over time. Um, you can use the example of a emotional bank account. Trust is the same. What builds trust is 
little small consistent behaviors that happen over a period of time like saying hello to someone every day saying please thank you showing appreciation not putting someone under the bus if something goes wrong mm. and it's really important that your team understand and that to build that trust will make them more and more high performing mm. the biggest so thing the is trust can be broken in an instant mm. and very difficult to rebuild mm. So the, the point you're making is lead other people the way you want to be led. Absolutely. It's mm. about modeling the behavior, mm. being trustworthy. And I mean, I can see, Matt, that you're having a difficulty already in understanding why there wouldn't be trust in an environment. But trust, I have been in environments many times where that trust is not there. And it's all about the, the way that the leader holds the space and sets the, the tone. Mm. And you come, you've come from it from a totally different perspective, being in the military. Well, I, yeah, I had a, I had a big, 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 big challenge acclimating into business because it never even occurred to me not to trust the people I worked with, uh, and because of that, <laughs> some of the uh, a couple of businesses that I had, we got robbed blind. And uh, it wasn't pretty at all because I just, and still to this day, I have a challenge uh, thinking like someone who does not want what's best for the organization because we are always pulling the same direction, we had the same objective, and we all wanted what was best, you know, for for our country, you know, and and I expected that attitude in business and often it doesn't happen yeah and and I, and I still have a lot of trouble relating with that that's a big weakness that I have and why I've had you know over two million dollars in identity theft against me and why we've had massive uh, fraud and 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 theft in a couple of businesses that I've been involved in but at the same time so you have to keep your eyes open is what I've learned but at the same time if you want to get the best from people you, you can't be a cynic no. You know, I mean, I remember reading years and years ago that developing people is like mining for gold. You have to move tons and tons and tons of earth to find one tiny little grain of gold. But you don't spend all your time looking for the dirt. You look for the gold. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that's something that you've got to protect. You've got to do what I you've got to do what I used to tell my staff, which is protect your paws. Oh. You've got to keep yourself sharp. You've got to keep yourself positive so you can be the battery that your staff plugs into to get fired up and to get enthusiastic and to believe in the mission. Yeah, because, I mean, and you will get this. Um, you know, my, one of my most inspirational leadership coaches um, and authors that I listen to a lot is um, Simon Sinek. And he uses the example of the Navy SEALs. And he says there's actually two traits that they look for when they choose their team for the SEALs. And it's one of the highest performing teams in the world. We all know that. And they don't, they identify and they choose their people based on performance and based on their ability to engender trust mm. in their people. And they will choose a leader, somebody to lead or their team member if they are low performing but have the high trust of their men mm. and because they know that you can build skill mm. and you can build performance but you can never build trust mm, and that's true. something that's inherent and in the character 
So interesting. I never, I never thought of it that way. One of my roommates in university, because I went to a military university, became a SEAL. Yeah, I, I can see that. I used to call him the Red Death because he was a redhead. Mm. Oh, but, really good. Uh, yeah, that's that's exciting. That's a, that's a keen, keen insight. And I, I read years and years ago a book about Alexander the Great. Um, actually, it was a series of books. I think it was a six or seven volume autobiography because there was a lot to talk about there. And one of his strengths was his trusting style of leadership and, you know, how he dealt with people. And this is a guy who could have just by a snap of his fingers or less, I mean, he probably wouldn't even bother snapping his fingers, could have hundreds, if not thousands of people executed. He would take 15-year-old boys and use them as guides to lead his entire army because he knew they knew the terrain better than he would. And his generals used to think he was crazy, but he knew who to put trust in regardless of what other people thought, regardless of their supposed experience. And he was right time after time after time. And, and, and that is absolutely right. We want people in our team that are actually better than us. Absolutely. At, at certain skills Absolutely. because we can't do it all. As leaders, it's not a lone job. One of the things I felt in my business career was my biggest failure was I could never find a salesperson better than me. And I always wanted it. I told every single salesperson I trained, I want you to be better than me yeah. because then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, as a leader, that's the dream job. Yeah. You just sit there and hand out trophies to people. That's what I always wanted. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. And so, really, um, it's, it's, you do. You, you, it's about having the confidence, though, as a leader to not feel insecure about having these wonderful people all around you. And if you want to be a great leader, then you need to inspire others to be the best that they can possibly be. And as a leader, we need to give them, we need to create that environment. It is absolutely down to the leader to create the energy of a high-performing team, to keep that positive um, optimism going, to motivate, and then magic happens. You get these the, the teams that will, will follow you, and, and create amazing things. Well, I just want to recap here some of the things we've talked about in the small amount of time that we have. So we talked today about checking our egos as leaders. We talked about having our staff's backs. We've talked about giving our people the tools they need to succeed. We've talked about being a leader, not a buddy. And the last couple points that we made, which are so important as well, is don't be afraid to trust your people. And even more importantly, drag your people up. Don't be afraid for them to be better than you because they're going to respect you anyway. They're going to remember who got them to be who they are today. I want to thank Gwen for coming out today. We, we have uh, benefited greatly from our time. At least I believe we have. Matt, I've had a wonderful time talking about leadership, which is my passion. So thank you very much for inviting me here. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about your leadership training that you offer with incremental steps, because I've heard some great things about it. Ah, oh, thank you, Matt. Um, well, um, this came out of my passion for leadership training um, and training generally and coaching 
is because of my experience. I was always very much more interested in people than in climbing the corporate ladder and actually working in high-performing teams and in other low-performing teams and saw the dysfunctions that went on. So I really believe that um, leadership is something that can be learned, that the skills of leadership can be learned, and that um, we can learn to be inspirational leaders. And I think that there's a, such a shortage currently in inspirational leaders. And I've asked my clients many times what who they would choose. Um, who is their role model? And often they cannot come up with leadership or leaders' role models currently in, in the environment that we're in. I love coaching and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do group training. I do corporate training for leaders. Um, you can contact me um, through Gwen at incrementalsteps.biz or check out my website, which is www.incrementalsteps.biz. Thanks, really, thanks very much for having me, Matt, or, on your show today. Or you can contact us at the station. This is Matt McQuinley. We'll see you next time on the continuation of this series on leadership and our quest to make the world a better place. I'm going to talk today about setting the limits we set on ourselves and just tell you a quick personal story. I was uh, 19 years old when I learned this lesson, and I was training for airborne school, jump school, uh, uh, in between my uni uh, sophomore university year and my third uh, university year, my junior year. And I, I didn't want to do a bad job, you know, so I had to keep in shape, so I went on a run. I went over to visit my aunt, and I said, uh, and I talked to my uncle, I said, Uncle Carlo, can you tell me uh, where I can go for a run around here? He goes, okay, well, you can run down to the crossroads, and, and, and back, that's a couple miles. And I said, okay, great. So I got ready, I got my little Walkman, because this is back in the days yep. of wooden ships and iron men, okay? And I'll even tell you what tape I was listening to. I was listening to Def Leppard Hysteria yep. in my Walkman with the tape. And I start running, and, and I'm running, and I'm running, and I'm running, and I get right to where the crossroads are, and the tape stops. And I'm so angry. I'm like, oh, my God, you loser. You know, it's only a couple miles and the tape has stopped. The tape's got to be at least 24 minutes. You are dogging it. What is wrong with you? So I turn around. I say, I got to pick up the pace and I start running back. Okay. And right before I get ready to grab the doorknob on my uncle's house, the tape stops again. <sighs> and I'm like, so oh, angry. my. And then I say, you wimp. You're not going to make it through airborne school. You're going to let down your family, your 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 friends, yourself. You're going to – that's disgusting. So I turn around and I start – got to do it again. So I turn around. I don't stop. I keep running. And then I run down to the crossroads again, and the tape stops again. I'm like <sighs> – so I turn around and I head back. And meanwhile, my dad comes out in the car, and he's – he sees me running. He goes, what are you doing, boy? And I said, I got to get running. I got to train for airborne school. And I'm running. I'm running. My dad goes, you, un you ungrateful jerk. We're all waiting for you for dinner. Get in the car. I said, no, I got to finish. He's like, get in the car. I said, no, I got to finish. So he goes, fine. And he drives off. And then I come home. I get, finally get back to the house. And my dad goes, where the hell have you been? We've been waiting on you forever. I go, well, I have to train for airborne school. I, don't, I can't come back a failure. And I got to make the runs. And he goes, get in the car. And then we drove to the crossroads, and it was 4.5 miles one way. Mm -hmm. And then back. So I ended up running 18 miles. And I'd never run that far before. I'd never wanted to run that far. I could yeah. afford a car. 
Okay. So what I learned right then is it's all in our head. I'd never run more than three or four miles at once. But after that, I ran a marathon just so I could say I did. I never ran another marathon. I just wanted, because again, I have a car. But I said, hey, listen, this is all in my head. All this, all this physical stuff is in my head. And I learned that in an early age. And we do that in our whole lives. Don't let that happen to you.